Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Thursday, March 17, 2022. And today will be better than yesterday. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody out there. Taylor Schwenk is in the foothills of Connecticut. Sarah Abbott is holding down the heartland in Nebraska. I'm Buster Oleum at Braves Camp today where I scrambled late last night. Uh, Taylor, you know why. <laughs> Big news. The saga's over. Freddie Freeman, Los Angeles Dodger. I actually put the rundown together, and as I was putting it together, the news broke, and I thought to myself, Buster is just sound asleep on his pillow right now. He doesn't even know what's happening in the world. Well, I had had a sense from conversations earlier in the day that that could happen last night, and it did. Freddie Freeman agreeing to terms on a six-year, $162 million deal Freeman, you know, we'll get more details on this contract later, but it's it really is amazing. The Braves offer to Freeman was something in the 135 to 140 million dollar range. Uh, the Dodgers deals 162 million. We'll find out as we go if some of that is deferred. Uh, a lot of questions, a lot of thoughts. We're going to be talking with Carl Ravitch today and Paul Mbikides about that. Uh, since the last podcast, the Braves announced that Matt Olson signed an eight-year, $168 million deal through the 2029 season. So Olson actually got more in total contract, uh, his total contract, than Freeman. The Braves also re-signed Eddie Rosario to a two-year, $18 million deal. On Wednesday, the Oakland Athletics traded third baseman Matt Chapman to Toronto for prospects. The Rockies reached a seven-year, $182 million deal with Chris Bryant that has people in baseball up in arms. I'll explain why in our conversation with Carl Ravitch. Andrew McCutcheon signed with the Brewers. One year, $8.5 million. Here's David Stearns, head of baseball ops for the Brewers, talking about McCutcheon. Andrew's resume speaks for itself. This is um, a player who's been one of the premier players in the game. Uh, He's won an MVP multiple all-star games and in his prime had the ability to, to impact the game on both sides of the fields in, in a variety of different ways. This type of uh, a veteran experience to our group in addition to what we think he can provide us offensively um, is a benefit to our club. We're, we're happy to have him here in camp. I think he's excited to be here and uh, we're looking forward to getting him going. Former Cy Young Award pitcher, six-time gold glover Zach Ranke, re-signed with the Kansas City Royals for $13 million. Could be that he's going to finish his career there. Kyle Schwarber, Got a four-year, $80 million deal with the Phillies. Here's Bryce Harper talking about that signing. It's huge for us um, because it's a, you know, another bat in our lineup. Um, you know, like I said the other day, he's, he's, a, he's a proven winner. Um, he's, everywhere he's gone, um, he's done a really good job and um, just gives us a you know, huge opportunity to fill that void uh, out in left field and um, you know, gives us a huge opportunity to get that much better. Big news in Red Sox camp. Chris Sale is going to miss the start of the Red Sox season because of stress fracture in his rib cage. We're going to hear from him later in the podcast. Veteran pitcher Ian Kennedy got a $4.75 million deal with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Jock Peterson landed with the San Francisco Giants. Taylor, what do you got? Buster, briefly, bald man on campus. Uh, If you haven't filled out your bracket yet and you're hearing my voice right now, you can check out their bracket previews for Monday, and they will be back Monday and Wednesday next week to recap the first weekend of the tournament and look ahead to the second weekend. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Buster. Just go to Indeed.com slash Buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NexGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. It's the Ravage Train with Carl Ravage. Carl Ravage, of course, a new play-by-play man on Sunday Night Baseball, and we will have time to get to that in another week. But, Ravi, I want to know where the Ravi train lands this morning on Freddie Freeman, because when I saw the final numbers in that deal with the Dodgers last night, I kind of don't understand how he's not back with the Braves, because their offer was something in the range of $140 million. He got $162 from the Dodgers. When you apply state taxes, it makes no sense to me. What do you think? Now it's a it's a good point, and I think a lot of times in these situations, Buster, it, it's not just about the dollars. Uh, you know, I, I if I'm sitting there, I'm thinking uh, the initial offer or the initial amount of years wasn't what I wanted, and like we've seen so many times, this thing got down down the road a little bit, and others, you know, literally others walked through the door and started to look appealing to Freddie. And I think the only other place he really would have went, with all due respect to Boston or Tampa, was back home to Los Angeles, as, as we know, and you certainly know. I mean, there's a whole bunch of ties, connections, family history to that area. Um, one side allegedly maybe offended me a little too much. The other side welcomed me with open arms. I'm going back home. The, the Braves got a little younger. They believe that Olsen's going to be really good to, to fill the bid for Freddie. So, I, I, you know, I think there's, there's other things that go into it besides just the dollars. I, I know there is, and that's why oh. he ended up where he did. Yep. I, I would agree with you. Uh, you know, in the aftermath of everything that happened with Matt Olson, his contract, uh, you know, Freddie uh, indicated to teammates he was really upset. Like he wanted yeah, to go back exactly. to the Braves. That's what he told them. 
Um, but I, I also believe, and I've seen this happen time and again in my, you know, too many years covering baseball, that once you get into negotiations and it becomes a competition, uh, you just don't know which way it's going to go. It's like a car that gets out of control. <laughs> and to me, especially when certain franchises get involved, and I think we'll get to the Bryant at Colorado thing, which doesn't make any sense to me at all. But I think if the Dodgers um, and Yankees and then maybe the Angels and or Red Sox, it, it, it's Chicago. I mean, it would depend on where the guy is from. Once the Dodgers got involved, it felt in a lot of ways like it was always going to be the Dodgers. To me, if they match the offer, you've already offended him to whatever extent he's going to be offended by this. And you just backed it up by the Braves players being told how upset he was. Well, then, then good God, what a, what a pillow to land on if you're Freddie Freeman. Los Angeles Dodgers. Lineup's a, a, lineup's a comedy. Um, you know, ballpark's beautiful. He knows the area's got a house there. Let's let's raise a family right here where where he was raised. Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, I love the Dodger lineup. I, I don't know how much better that it is than the the lineup that won the World Series because you know Corey Seager's gone and Freddie's yeah, in that spot. Yep. But you talk about a grind for opposing pitchers. Yeah, and there's a few of those lineups. Look, we have superpowers. I mean, there's there's a few of those lineups, and the Braves are certainly one of them. But I. I mean, I, I know you remember this. I remember when Carl Crawford was traded to the uh, Red Sox oh, yeah. and Terry Francona was there. And w I remember sitting with Francona at a Red Sox function saying, okay, you tell me how you're going to do this. How are you going to line this up? Because there's no way uh, that a pitcher is going to be able to get through this. And it turned out it didn't go very well. I mean, we, we all know, unfortunately, what happened to Carl Crawford when he plays for the Red Sox. Um but that's that to me, it's different because the Dodgers are just a different group. OK, so Freddie Freeman's with the Dodgers. Chris Bryant is with the Colorado Rockies. You and I are chomping at the bit to talk about this one, because I, I got to say, in terms of the absolute shock response that you get after some of these deals, this deal might be in the top three all time for me. <laughs> like the reaction from people around baseball to this contract. Uh, they were stunned that Chris got this kind of deal at, at look, you know, he won an MVP. He was part of the, the Cubs championship team in 2016, but I, there's no question that the general perception about him as a player has changed dramatically over the last three years. I had people with teams saying, boy, he might have a hard time getting to a hundred million dollars. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a, you know, a position the way that he used to, He's not as good defensively as he used to. And so when it landed in at $182 million from a team that just traded away Nolan Arenado a year ago while eating money, people were up in arms around the sport thinking, what are they thinking? And I'll be honest with you, with, with the sole exception of the money, which is just incredible for Chris Bryant and his family, none of it makes sense from a Bryant perspective to me. None of it makes none of it makes sense from a Rocky perspective for sure. I, I can't understand it. And look, if the Rockies had a history of somehow breaking things down and starting over and rebuilding to a pennant contending World Series contending team, I'd say, well, we've seen this before, but they don't. We've we we've never seen this before. So I have no idea how they're going to make that work. And for Chris, I, I've seen a lot of folks come out and be very critical of him. 
Uh, does he want to win? Which is a question that has dogged many a uh, baseball player. Is he in, interested in playing in competitive games in September? There's nothing in that division about the Rockies that suggests they're going to be playing in a competitive game in September during the life of his contract. I mean, that's the problem with the Rockies. And that's that's where Brian opens himself up to. So you're chasing the dollar and you don't particularly care about playing in an environment like you once did with the Cubs, uh, like you may have been able to do in Philadelphia or wherever else an offer may have come. So I don't get it. I don't get it from either side other than the bank account is swollen and, and will be for the rest of his life. But that's to put not going to be a more context, anyway. Carl. <laughs> and this was part of the conversation yesterday. Uh, can you believe in the end that Chris Bryant, based on everything you were hearing from people around baseball about it, what they saw in his game in recent years, that in the end he got more money than Freddie Freeman? Oh, my God. I mean, Freddie, <laughs> and I understand Freddie's two years older, but in terms of the players they're perceived to be right now, I'm shocked. Again, I don't know what other response we can give to each other other than to say it on no level from a Rockies perspective, does it make sense? I, 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 there's no, there's no explanation for it, Buster. And it's not as if by the way, that there's an unlimited fund here where we can still go out and bring in Carlos Correa, uh, bring back Trevor story. There's, there's nothing about that that indicates they're actually going to use this as a pivot in their, franchise's history to get better and better and better nothing so again it's a it's like a one-off that just doesn't currently make any sense and i'm not certain that today or tomorrow or the next day we're going to hear a plan that that explains it really well to all of us i just don't No, and from what i understand dick montfort the rockies owner fronted these negotiations tip of the cap to scott boris carl you know, oh, he, 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 he absolutely will find deals like this. And um, it, it's, it's a shocker. All right. Uh, before we go, I want to talk about the American league East. I was in Red Sox camp yesterday when they uh, announced that Chris sale has a stress fracture of a rib. Uh, he is out indefinitely. They don't even know when he's going to pick up a baseball. Alex Cora as is his job was speaking very glass half full and talking about how, you know what, we've got other depth. And the good thing is that Chris's arm is okay. Uh, this is within the the context of, you know, the Yankees improving their defense, the, the Jays yesterday, adding Matt Chapman, uh, other moves to come, I think for these teams, but I'm really surprised that the Red Sox are not being more aggressive this off season. In fact, I thought Carl, when you really look at the numbers and where they fell on Freddie Freeman, he would have been perfect for them. I get it. They've got young first baseman, but in terms of yep. trying to win, knowing that yep. J.D. Martinez, his contract expires after this year, I mean, yep. Freddie Freeman at that rate to help to try to win in the American League East would have made a ton of sense to me. 100%. And in that city, uh, look, we're, again, <laughs> Freddie has established himself as somebody that's going to improve teams both on and off the field and he went to a team that's got a lot of character already boston would have made a great deal of sense i i clearly thought the red sox would would be more aggressive look there's still a bunch of free agents out there let's say luke voigt gets traded to the a's for a pitcher do the red sox then turn around and make a trade for luke voigt and the other pitcher the a's don't get uh in an effort to bolster both their first base right-handed hitting infielder that they need as well as a pitcher maybe but the, your, your point's well taken and you know, I love Alex and he looks really distinguished and dignified with that beard. Uh, but reality is 
the sale injury is a mystery. He was a he was a mystery coming off Tommy John surgery. They don't have the pitching depth that the other teams in that division have, and and they have they got a lot of work to do. The only caveat to it for me and what I'm hearing from managers is you you got 162 games now, and and in a lot of ways they they look at it that rather than get focused on the short term, this is a legitimate marathon. There are more teams that are going to be in the playoffs. And I think part of the half full thing comes from the idea that there's there's so much time. Let's not react to the moment. But absolutely, I thought I thought Freeman was going to be there. Heck, there were rumors last year Buster that Correa could end up in Boston. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, you know while it, in terms of what they, it feels like they're thinking, like it's more likely to me they're going to wind up with a Ramon Laureano. Uh, you know, potentially is a free agent signing. And on the other hand, the Braves, uh, excuse me, the Jays, I think are going to wind up adding a, you know, a left-handed masher to help balance out that lineup. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch. All right, Carl, thanks for doing this. And I'll talk to you next week. Todd Buster. Sounds good. See you. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with Code Baseball. That's Code Baseball. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. The American League East is always an intense race. But in 2022, the division contains four legitimate playoff contenders. And on Wednesday, the stakes are raised even higher when the Jays swap for Gold Glove third baseman Matt Chapman and the Yankees re-signed Gold Glove first baseman Anthony Rizzo. Here was Matt Chapman after getting news of the deal. Crazy morning, um, but I couldn't be you know, more excited to, to start a new chapter in my career and go be a part of uh, an amazing organization that I've heard nothing but great things about and a team that, you know, playing against, I know how talented they are. And, you know, it's not a team, uh, it's a team that's ready to compete now and they're ready to win and go for it. So I couldn't be, you know, happier to go join that. And also, you know, it's emotional because I'm going to leave an organization that, you know, <clears throat> gave me an opportunity that I met a lot of my best friends at. And, you know, I've had a lot, so many great memories. So it's it's sad to leave, um, but it's happy to go somewhere where it's going to be an incredible opportunity. Here was Blue Jays GM Ross Atkins talking about his new third baseman. It's exceptionally exciting. I think one of the highlights of my day was just seeing some of the looks on the faces in our clubhouse, just how excited our team is to be adding someone of that caliber with his reputation. 
obviously a very good fit for us. And then um, speaking with him, hearing his excitement to come into this environment, the, the positivity around our group, how much they care about one another, and being so excited about this, uh, this addition is what's been the highlight of my day. Here's Yankees manager Aaron Boone talking about the re-signing of Rizzo. Obviously not only a decorated great player, but, uh, but yeah, it, definitely somebody that brings the intangible thing to the table, especially uh, in the room. Look, he's a great player. Um, I think he's established himself as a great leader. Um, you know, so he checks a lot of boxes of, of things you like about a ball player. The Blue Jays won 41 of their last 64 games last season and barely missed the playoffs. I had folks on the Red Sox and Yankees tell me they were relieved that Toronto fell short because they considered the Jays to be incredibly dangerous. This offseason, Toronto lost Cy Young Award winner Robbie Ray, but signed Kevin Gossman and Yusei Kikuchi, who will now be backed by Chapman, one of the game's best defenders. The addition of Rizzo fuels the Yankees' push to improve their run prevention. This week, they upgraded defensively at shortstop and at catcher, and their internal metrics suggest that newcomer Josh Donaldson was about as good as Gio Urshela last year. Meanwhile, in Fort Myers, there was bad news for the Red Sox. Chris Sale suffered a stress fracture in his rib cage and is out indefinitely. Sale acknowledged his frustration. Does it suck? Yes. Was I discouraged? Absolutely. Pissed off? 100%. But all that being said, none of those feelings, none of those emotions, none of that wasted energy is going to help this, help me, help this. There's nothing I can do looking in the rearview mirror at any of this that's going to help me going forward. So, you know, take one off the chin. It sucks. You know, got, got more teammates picking up my slack, doing my job, getting paid to do nothing. That sucks. And I'm not afraid to say it. Red Sox manager Alex Cora talked about the starting pitching depth the Red Sox have added this offseason and said that eventually sale will be okay. He acknowledged watching all the movement among the hyperactive American League East teams. Like I told this the group yesterday, and I've been telling everybody in the organization, it's not a sprint. Uh, you know, we've been through situations before when people sign late, right? And, uh, and they ended up contribute, contributing to, to help their teams win. So I think patience is very important. You can't react to what other teams are doing. Here's Hein Bloom, Boston's head of baseball operations, who is undoubtedly aware of the lagging ticket sales for the Red Sox and how restless their fan base is because early in Wednesday's press availability, he had some thoughts to send to fans, spinning off a reporter's question to deliver a message. The important thing is to focus on what you're doing, not to focus on what everybody else is doing and not to focus on, you know, what kind of splash you might be able to make. And I actually think we were better for what we did and a lot of the other things we could have done that might have created that impression. And that doesn't mean we're going to get them all right. That doesn't mean that's going to happen every year with every move. But the reason I say that is because I think it's really important for us not to get distracted by those things. When Bloom sat down, sweat began to slide down the side of his forehead and Bloom immediately apologized to reporters that he had just been on a jog. And he knew he was a ready-made metaphor, given what other teams in the division have done to improve and what the Red Sox have not done this winter. Jumping into the numbers. numbers. This is Himbo Knows on Baseball Tonight. Himbo, of course, Paul Ambikiti is a researcher for ESPN. who's a honcho on the show. Get up and, and uh, Himbo. It is a scramble here at Braves camp this morning. A lot of conversation about Freddie landing with the Dodgers. I think there was an expectation that was going to happen if he didn't sign here. 
when you saw the final numbers, uh, I'm curious to see if you agree with me. I, I, you know, when the you know the Braves offered something, what 135, 140. Uh, Freddie settles with the Dodgers at 162. State taxes. I'm surprised he's not with the Braves. What about you? Yeah, settles is a good word to use, Buster. That's how I felt. Uh, if you had asked me, you know, before the offseason where we might land here, I would have guessed that he would have gotten something like $200 million. A six-year deal is obviously what he wanted. And so what this tells me is that the Braves didn't want him back hardly at all. And we learned very quickly that they were willing to, you know, give up quite a bit for Matt Olson. And we learned rather quickly that they were willing to pay him an arm and a leg. They're very comparable contracts, obviously. You know, Olson's making about $6 million per year less. But I think Alex Anthopoulos is doing what new GMs do. He is acting unemotionally. If Freddie Freeman was not willing to accept that offer, their best and final offer, they were willing to move on, even though that he was not a you know franchise icon. The Dodgers do benefit from that philosophy here in some sense. But ultimately, what the Braves did, candidly, is what smart teams do. Well, and I got to say, as you were talking, I was saying to myself, because I, you know, I sent out that thought on Twitter that I'm surprised that he's not uh, with the Braves. Because the numbers are relatively close within the context of baseball, especially when you factor in state taxes, I get the feeling that, you know, you could really, this is a chicken or the egg type situation where you can interpret it any way you want. Mm. Like you could have your perspective, well, the Braves didn't want him, but they're close enough to where Freddie's camp didn't go to the Braves camp either. You know what I mean? And that's where I feel like the competition of the negotiations came into play. And I also wonder, Buster, and we'll never know, how much winning a championship allowed both sides to more easily feel that they could part ways with each other. You're I mean, right. Freddie Freeman's legendary, like the legendary moment is him recording the 6-3 put out from Dansby Swanson, you know, throwing his arms in the air. And that's the World Series video we'll see for the next hundred years. That's the last play he'll ever have made for the Atlanta Braves. I wonder in some sense if having that sort of vindication, that sort of last and final feeling there, wind up making a big difference. Because like you said, the contract is such that, I mean, I would have been stunned if the Braves would have said no to that if given the chance to match it if they did not have Matt Olson. All right. Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, a, a low-hanging fruit is a topic. How about Chris Bryant's contract, which is generating so much conversation in baseball? Yeah. So I, I'm not surprised that the Rockies were in on him because there had been, you know, credible reporting all along that they liked him, although I couldn't quite figure out why. And I suppose I should not be surprised that a Scott Boris client accepted offer for $182 million over seven years with a no trade clause because, well, that's what Scott Boris clients do. So Buster, I'm not uh, in the negotiating room. What this felt like to me was a Boris contact with ownership who sort of talks them into driving up this price all the way, all the way up for a rebuilding franchise right now that will have watched Trevor Story walk, that will have watched Nolan Arenado walk. And obviously they paid him $50 million to, for, for St. Louis to take that contract. This, I guess he sort of fills the void as, as a face of the franchise and you're not really paying anyone else all that much money, but it, it was very puzzling. And it's, I suppose I can't blame Bryant for taking the deal because look, if someone put $182 million in front of me with a no trade clause, I might have made the same decision. But I think what he'll very quickly pivot to is, okay, where can I play next? I'm guaranteed this money, but this is not going to be a winning program in large part because of my contract. So I, I would be stunned if 
seven years from now, he's still on the Rockies. Unless, of course, as we know, Buster, he really, really likes those school systems. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that for uh, longtime baseball fans, a reference to Mike Hampton's uh, rationale for signing a <laughs> mega deal with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, we just got done talking about the crazy American League East. The, the Yankees this week have upgraded, up, upgraded their defense in several places. How impressed are you? Not impressed at all because the Yankees did not need to upgrade their defense in several places. The Yankees needed to upgrade their offense in several places, and I think they have failed to do that. Now, the projection models sort of vacillate here. A lot of them, I was looking at baseball perspectives this morning, they actually favor the Yankees to win their division. I just don't see it, Buster. I think if the season started tomorrow, frankly, I would pick the Yankees to finish fourth in the American League East because neither Rizzo nor Donaldson, nor Kiner Falefa, you would describe at this point in their careers as truly impact bats, at least in terms of the way that I think about them. And the Yankees' best hitter, Aaron Judge, we might not see for something like 60% of their games with all the complications from the vaccine mandate. So last season, I thought Aaron Boone did a phenomenal job handling that pitching staff, particularly the bullpen, and that's sort of what enabled them to make the playoffs. But this is a team whose run differential was not impressive last season. They've not upgraded the lineup at all. And for, for a group last year that finished 10th in run scored, while the Rays, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays finished 2-3-4 in the American League, they've not closed that ground. And in a division that good, to me, that's going to be a significant problem. It's well established on the podcast that you're a huge Phillies fan. I'm assuming you were doing a parade when they signed Kyle Schwarber. Buster, I, I'm seemingly the only one that was not. All of my brethren in Philadelphia was, you know, freaking out, planning the parade after the signing. To me, I, look, I don't think Kyle Schwarber's a, a bad player, but for $80 million across four years, that's a steep price to pay. So just to unpack it briefly, I think we can all agree that he's a glorified DH, of course. He's not adding value in left field. He's not adding value at first base, nor is he adding value on the bases. So you're paying $80 million for the bat. Okay, well, is it a premium bat would be the next question. and Maybe the average baseball fan would say yes, but I personally don't see it. I mean, there are three ways you can be a great hitter. Your bat-to-ball skills can be premium. Your ability to control the strike zone can be at a premium. And your power can be at a premium. This is a hitter whose career uh, batting line buster is 237, 343, 493. No element of his triple slash line suggests he's a great hitter. He's a good hitter. He's got a, a reputation for being a good hitter on very good teams. And he's coming off of a great season. But you know, as far as I see it, especially for a team that has been dreadful defensively the last two seasons, $80 million for Kyle Schwarber is not money well spent. Here's why the at the end of the regular season, you're going to admit that you're wrong, okay? okay. Uh, and your numbers all make sense. But I will tell you that my sense of Kyle Schwarber as a hitter is that as he's gained experience, some of the anxiety in his thought process has drifted away and he's getting better and better and better at that. I thought early in his career, uh, like when he started with the Cubs, it was see ball, hit ball. And then he began to get more information and he would start to get in his, in his own head. Hembo, I think he's, that's going away. Like, mm -hmm. I think this is a great hitter who now is beginning to figure out his mental process or has figured out a lot of his mental process. And I think he's going to rake. I I, I've, he's definitely flashed great, and he's he's done so for an extended period of time. But you know me, I default to the numbers, and when I see a long a large body of work that just says he's a good hitter, when you give just a good hitter who's not adding value anywhere else eighty million dollars, unless I know he's going to be great. And as of today, Buster, I don't know that he's going to be great. Okay, we're going to put one dollar down 
or okay. dinner or something like that. You got My it. My intangibles versus your tangible read on Kyle Schwarber. I'm curious <laughs> to see where that lands. Uh, and lastly, before you go, tell me about the Mariners because they, they've done a lot of moves this winter. They finished strongly last year. They added Robbie Ray this winter. Uh, had that big trade the other day. They get Jesse Winker in that deal with the, the Reds. How good are they in your mind? It's a fascinating question, Buster, because uh, last year they won 90 games, but they did so with the run differential of a 76-win team. So Jerry Depoto has recognized the fact that they have to cover a lot of ground, maybe even just to win 90 games again, which I do think is doable in what is going to be a, a really weak division. Now, look, I'm the president of the Jesse Winker fan club, as you well know. That guy, to me, is a top 10 hitter in the sport right now over the last two years with a 390 on base and a 550 slug. You and I also agree that Jared Kelnick has a chance to be a premium hitter. At least we saw that track record in the minors. He could not figure it out last year. I think that is likely to change soon. And lastly, last feather in their cap is that they have an outstanding farm system. And I always like to draw from, all right, how, how good are the top, top levels of your farm system? And what players are you going to pluck from there to be able to make an impact at the big league club? Kylie has him ranked sixth. Julio Rodriguez is a top five prospect in the sport. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they won 90 games again this season, except this time I think it would be <laughs> legitimate the wrong word, but I think there'll be a lot more substance behind those moves. All right, Hembo. Always great to talk with you. Thank you. Talk soon, guys. Get out of here, Hembo. That's Sick exactly of Hembo. Right. Bleacher Tweets. All righty, Buster. Bleacher Tweets for a glorious Thursday. First up, we have Rip City Sports at Rip City Sports. Rip writes in Buster, what in the world are the Rockies doing? Yeah, uh, Rip City, jump on the bandwagon. That's what everybody in baseball is wondering. T. Jones is up next at TNJ629. T. Jones writes in, Buster, what does the Yankees signing Anthony Rizzo prove that they don't think that there will be any issue with unvaccinated players playing at home come opening day? I think they believe that that's all going to be work in progress. I was in Red Sox camp yesterday, and I will tell you that these teams believe that as time goes on, more and more players will be convinced to, to be vaccinated because they understand uh, it's a competitive disadvantage if they aren't able to play, which is why Xander Bogarts earlier this week uh, was vaccinated, told reporters about it. I think there'll be more players along those lines. Rally Tom at Rally Tom one writes and Buster, can you check with your sources? My guardians know the lockout is over, right? <laughs> uh, I think that the guardians, uh, considering, you know, the, where the payroll was last year uh, and how they do their business, they're waiting for the prices to drop on these remaining free agents, supply and demand to work in their favor. I think they'll make moves, but obviously not big ones. Shane Saunders at Shane S 1988 writes in, should they just announce the Jays as world series winners now, or do they really have to go through the formalities of a season? I'm picking them to win the world series. I did that on sports center yesterday. Uh, well, I'll give my reasoning. Uh, I think next week on the podcast, PK Steinberg writes in with a good question, which is more important for baseball in 2022, a bounce back to MVP like status for Mike Trout or another MVP showing from Shohei Otani? Otani moves the needle unlike any other player. You know, Trout, uh, if, his, if he never played another game, he would be unanimous selection for the Hall of Fame. But Otani, I think, is the people who have everybody and uh, all baseball fans have their eyes on now. I think the Angels would like both to happen. 
Uh, we had a bunch of poor Reds fans that are absolutely gutted who wrote in. I'm just going to rip through these and uh, you can commiserate with them. Kevin Larkin writes, hey, guys, I un- I now understand that most owners don't care about baseball. Case in point, Reds trading away all capable players. Isn't this what the players fought for? I think it didn't work. Sanzir writes, less than a week into the CBA, the Reds traded their best players for next to nothing, thought the CBA would address tanking. Reds would have been a playoff team last year based on the new rules. Last playoff series win was in 95, and 2012 was the last playoff win they had. And then David, Magic Carp Professor Precht writes in, given the sell-offs by the A's and Reds, will the CBA actually prevent other teams from tanking? Are the Reds and A's now bad for baseball? Uh, the A's have demonstrated over the last 30 years, they don't tank. Like they quickly retool. They flip their, their roster around. Uh, they, they're getting a haul in these trades. And I would you know expect them to contend again, the American League West within a couple of years. The Reds are tanking. Uh, there's n- no getting around that. And uh, yeah, the players side talked about addressing tanking, non-competitive behavior this winter. Guess what? They didn't. There was basically nothing done about tanking in baseball in the CBA, and it's going to continue. It's shocking now. We've had two CBA cycles in which that wasn't dealt with. It's terrible for baseball. So funny, Kevin writing. I think it didn't work. Yes, Kevin, it did not work. Thanks for writing in, everyone. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. Please follow, rate, and review this podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we will talk to you on Monday. That's it for today. My thanks to Sarah, to Taylor, to Ravi, to Hembo, uh, to so many people who chime in with Bleacher Tweets after all the moves this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply.